Welcome to Fem Collective with Katie, Stacy, and Mai. Nancy Rachetanovan, my wonderful, beautiful, dear friend for so, so very long. Um, welcome to Fem Collective, and thank you for taking the time to talk with us today about the points game. And we're hearing from the master of the points game herself tonight. Nancy, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, guys. This will be really fun to talk about this. Great. So can you tell us what it means to be in the points game? Sure. So um, if you think about how you have your financial life, most people probably have a checking account, have a debit card. And so there is that realm where you use your debit card. You, you don't earn any type of rewards or anything like that. There is another avenue out there where you put everything that you possibly can on what's called uh, point earning credit cards. Some have fees, some don't have fees. Some have specific point currencies and some have more variable point currencies. So there are a lot of different options out there. Some can be a little bit overwhelming, but that's what we're here to talk to you, everybody about today is to kind of simplify it and kind of ease into it if anyone's interested in it. We can talk about all sorts of different things, but that's probably the first thing I would say is just to kind of really, if you're dipping your toe in, just take it easy um, and, and not get too overwhelmed in it. Um, there are lots of different rules and um, things to know, and, and so it's, it's pretty easy to get overwhelmed, but it, uh, I always kind of tell people when I talk to them first about it is to always have your goal in mind and remember your why, right? Like, why are you doing this? Why are you really putting the work forth to, to learn about this? Um, so... So always remember your why. The other cardinal rule that I always have and actually refuse to talk to people about this whole thing is um, that you have to pay your credit cards off every month in in full. Um, so, you know, if, if that's just not where you are right now in life, I'm like, okay, let's let's pause this conversation. But if, it is some, if that is something you can handle, then, then I'm always more than willing to talk to folks about it. And the big reason behind that is, you know, nothing is ever going to be worth you know, paying all that credit card interest, especially right now where we are with rising interest rates. Um, sorry, not to get too nerdy for a second there, but um, you know, the interest rates right now, especially for these credit card earnings um, could top out more than 20%. So nothing, no reward that you earn from a credit card um, is ever gonna be worth paying that interest for. I'm so glad you shared that. First of all, I'm super excited about this topic because anybody knows me, I'm a personal finance nerd. So I cannot yeah. wait to just dig into all this, but you already kind of touched on it. And I wanted to provide that disclaimer up front because it's so important. I think the percentage, the probability is like 25% of credit card users. I could be wrong on that number. I just heard it somewhere are actually responsible, disciplined enough to pay their credit card off monthly. So full disclaimer, if you haven't yeah. developed that behavior, skill set yet then go ahead and stop this episode because it's not for you okay <laughs> but right. that's all I wanted to add real quick well, that's good Nancy so can you tell us about how you got involved in uh, you know like kind of earning points and miles and using those for travel 
Yeah, I will tell you that it probably started in earnest probably about 15 years ago. Um, and at the time, my I was living in a different city than my now husband, and I had to figure out a way in order to kind of do the long distance thing and go back and forth on a very, very small salary. So, you know, that's kind of what led me to the internet and tried to figure some things out. And, you know, really back then, it was kind of the beginning of the the hobby of sport in the internet, it's a little bit more widely published now, but, you know, I read a couple of articles, some pretty obscure websites now that I think about it, but in, in, in kind of understanding my why, um, I was trying to figure that out and kind of developed a love of um, figuring out every small piece and detail and pretty detail oriented person. So this kind of lent itself to that. And at the same time, I was able to, you know, really have plane tickets go to go back and forth between the East Coast and the Midwest. Um, And so that was my why. And then since that time, you know, my life has changed. I have a family and married now, but that love of travel and that love of adventure still remains. And so that still remains a why. I think we have uh, alluded to it a little bit, but budgets, especially now and for the foreseeable future, are very limited. And so these kind of, you know, it is an extra to be able to travel and to do all these kind of fun things. You know, for me, it's a part of uh, my overall wellness. And so I know I, I usually struggle a little bit if I've kind of been stuck in the same spot or haven't quite changed my environment. That still remains my why. Um, unfortunately, my children are unable to really earn their own credit card miles and points. And so now I've got to get a lot more creative um, with how we accomplish our goals. Yeah, I can see how that would be a big driver of how you got into the game. But can you tell us a couple of examples of maybe some of your favorite trips? So I, just to kind of give everybody just a little bit of background. So I, I, I'm married. I have a family of four, so two children the aforementioned children who don't earn their own credit card points. Um, And so, you know, several times a year, on average, if it's, yeah, probably a probably average year, we're probably doing probably four to six vacations a year. And so that times my oldest child is 11. So that times we're probably in the probably 40, 40 plus trip a year. Um, So two trips really stand out to me when I think back about the history of what we have done. Um, the person I'll talk about is their favorite trip. I ask them all the time. We go on some really crazy trips, but I always ask them what their favorite trip is or what has been so far to date. And they, they're consistently, both of them have told me the same thing year after year. And it was a trip, um, in 2017, we went to Disney, um, and it was to celebrate my younger son's fourth birthday. And it was, you know, in the fall time. And as anyone who has ever planned a trip to Disney knows, it is not for the average family. Uh, maybe it started out that way, but now for an average family of four, you're likely going to spend between six and $9,000 um, for probably about five days or so. And you're talking flights, you're talking hotels, you're talking the park tickets, you're talking the Mickey Mouse ears, right? So, so all in. And, you know, that's it's not doable likely for the average family. Um, And so, you know, whenever we do something like that, if, you know, I usually try and make sure that we have the hotels taken care of and then the flights taken care of. And so that way we can, you know, concentrate on, you know, our food costs and our, um, our uh, 
admission tickets and, you know, the more fun aspects of a trip. And so that one stands out. They had so much fun and still talk about it to this day. And that's been now five years. Um, and in the life of an 11 year old and an eight year old, it's a pretty long time. So, and a lot of different trips, but so that one is um, definitely a high one. They had so much fun and still we've made a lot of memories on that trip because it was a, an extended family trip. We had 12 people go on that trip. So, and we could have only done it if we had the flights and the hotels covered. Otherwise it would not be that feasible trip. So that's one. Um, and then the other one that stands out to me is actually the last trip we took before COVID, my husband and I, we ended up going to um, Paris and the Maldives. And again, these are kind of one of those bucket list trips that otherwise would never be able to afford. And so we ended up going and spending a couple of nights in Paris, which is one of my absolute favorite cities and my husband has ever been. And then on our way, and we spent five nights in the Maldives, which again, even, you know, I don't think there are probably any terrible hotels or resorts in the Maldives, but we ended up staying at the St. Regis, which is a very high-end hotel. Um, and, you know, the room, they ended up giving us some like probably $3,500 a night. I mean, it was one of those, you know, the ones in the pictures you see into the overwater bungalow situation. We still spent money. Um, that's kind of one of the things that when I do talk to people about this, I always tell them like, it's not that you're not going to spend money. You absolutely will spend money. So please have a realistic expectation of that. Um, but that it brings these kind of far off experiences down to, you know, a level where I think most Americans, you could probably get it figured out um, if you kind of live that middle middle America life. But those two are probably the most, um, for totally different reasons, really memorable. Um, and so, yeah, great experience. Yeah, but, those are amazing. Can I, ju I just yeah. would like to bring up one instance okay. of one of these trips. When your youngest son was born and he needed a passport immediately yes. on the day he was born, perhaps you took his passport photo. Um, so that he could go to, where did he go for two weeks right after he was born? So that was in 2013. And my, my sister-in-law was getting married um, in Thailand. Um, so as you can well imagine, as any new mother, luckily this is my second child and not my first child, which means I was probably a little bit more relaxed. We did have to figure out a passport. And if anybody knows me about getting a passport for a new one, there are a lot of really different things you have to consider. Um, one had to actually take the passport photo. That's kind of a little difficult spot to get into, but we ended up doing that and getting his passport pretty much down to the wire. And it, he, when we, he was about, I think we took off, he was about 10 weeks old. So just through his first round of, you know, vaccinations and stuff. And we ended up going on a six country hike through um, Asia, Southeast Asia. So I flew with them on my maternity leave. And so the two boys by myself um, to Hong Kong and um, then we went to Malaysia. We were in Thailand, Vietnam, and Singapore. I think God, it was on that trip. So we were we were there for longer than two. I think we were in Asia in the area for probably about four or five weeks. Um, and then because because I came back and went back to work. So yeah, that was a really great adventure. They, you know, you're not going to sleep anyways. So you might as well go on some crazy adventure. And luckily we came back and he literally started sleeping through the night. I was like, hallelujah. I was like, this is fantastic. It sounds really, really crazy to most people. I get it. Um, but kind of in my head, I'm like, well, you know, 
I don't need that much. And now that I have traveled with both of mine at all ages and stages of their life, I now know that that is likely one of the easiest stages to um, travel because they're not mobile. They're not doing anything crazy. All they really want to do is eat and sleep. And, you know, you're going to be tired anyways. So might as well, you know, sit on a beach or eat some great food or do whatever else. So yeah, that, that was a little, I know when I tell people about that one, they're like, oh, that's a little crazy. I'm like, nah, it was actually a pretty fun adventure. So, I mean, I think it's pretty amazing that you did that. I, I do think it's wild, but I'm so impressed and love to tell that story. I, know, but I think so we funny. always have to remember, <laughs> you know, I always tell people, I'm like, you know, they have babies there too, right? I always kind of remind people when they're like, you're going to take your baby. I'm like, they have them there too. I mean, unless you're going to look at Antarctica and likely the sub, you know, 12 year old population there. I mean, they, they are, uh, they are, they are everywhere. So they know how to deal with them everywhere else in the world. So. <laughs> well, listen, question, I'm though. sure Thanks. that people are hooked by now and want to know some more details on how they might be able to get involved and get in on this action. Am I right, girls? Yeah. So what I always tell people is kind of think about, you know, one of the first things I have people do is write down, you know, how much do you spend on any given month? So think about all the bills you have. And nowadays, everything can be paid on a credit card, the utility bills, probably outside of your mortgage and any loan payments. And think about all that. And it's probably a little bit of a frightening practice, but, you know, grocery bills, going out to eat, gas, all that. Then you have kind of an idea of how much on a monthly um, basis you have in what that can be put towards credit card spend. Okay, so then let's say you have this number, right? And let's just use a nice round number. And let's say it's $5,000 a month. You know, depending on your family, that may or may not be high or low. So then um, you, there are several different avenues. I really talk about three different avenues in which points are earned. Um, the first and biggest one is credit card bonuses. So um, you think about, you know, I, I started the call with, you ask a why, or what is your why, or what is that trip that you just did not think was possible? You kind of research a little bit and you're like, okay, how do I actually get there? So let's take that trip to Disney, for example. And, you know, I know a couple of you girls are based out of DFW. So, you know, you get there and you think, okay, these are the flights. So these are the points that I need to earn. So let's, let's say Southwest, because they're pretty family friendly. So then maybe we need 50,000 points to get there right? So then you think, okay, there are credit card bonuses that will get you there. So you apply for a credit card um, and you meet the minimum spend. Typically what they require is that you spend X amount of dollars in X amount of months. So very common is $3,000 in three months. And then you receive that bonus. And then you're also um, able to continue to use that card. Um, so that's, that's really the biggest way, um, the easiest, fastest way. Um, then the other way is to use it on a regular basis through the year to, to earn your credit card points. Um, and then the last way, or one of the last ways is to really look at some of these other avenues and they include really shopping portals. So if you guys are familiar with Ebates that use kind of a cashback shopping option, they have those, but for the mileage earning. So like, instead of, you know, you go to Target and make you know, a hundred dollar purchase, maybe you use the shopping for first and then you end up getting, you know, a thousand points for that purchase instead of just a hundred dollars, the hundred points. So it's really thinking about every opportunity you have in order to not only get one point. 
Um, and so this is, you know, in the first beginning of the call, that's just kind of when I started talking to everybody just to kind of like, you know, there's a lot of detail in this board and there's a lot of detail that you can get really into the nitty gritty. But if you just kind of focus in on earning those um, uh, sign-on bonuses and then really putting your spend towards that, you'd be surprised at how quickly it adds up. And then of course, you're, you're typically staying in these hotels um, and you, so you'll, there'll be some earnings from that standpoint. Um, so that, that's probably the biggest way um, for those folks that are in, you know, kind of, you know, like have a spouse or a long-term partner or something like that. You know, one of the biggest ways is really have each person apply for credit cards separately, right? So my spouse and I, we have different, we have very similar credit cards, but we have two different accounts um, so that we're both eligible for the bonuses. So in that aforementioned example that I was talking about, you know, instead of earning five, 50,000 points, we now have 100,000 points between the two of us because we both applied for the credit card. So that's that's probably the biggest way people who are, get into the hobby usually start. Now, there is a lot of um, discussion out there in terms of, you know, does it hurt your credit score? Does it help it? And I'm here to tell you that, you know, at least initially, you'll take a couple points hit, but over time, because you've added to your available credit balance, your credit score actually goes up. And I'll share with you guys and your listeners that, you know, I've been doing this 15 years right now. I don't have a good number. I, I, I would bet that I probably have 20, 25 open credit lines is likely what it is. And my credit score has never been below 800. Yeah, and you will find that that's very common for people who are in this hobby, um, that because there is such a significant number of you know, folks that, uh, or credit lines that you have, that your credit score is actually quite high. But then, of course, you have to make sure you're paying off your balances, you're paying them timely, you're not, um, you know, you're not incurring late fees, anything like that. Um, so really, from that standpoint, really making sure that you guard your insurance, you guard your credit and your credit score, because it'll impact your ability to really delve into the hobby. On that point, I wanted to say that when I started this kind of getting involved in the points hobby or points game, it's, it's obviously because of you. I mean, that's my connection is that you're the one who taught me, but something that I still do to this day to manage the, the level of credit card spend that I have so that it's more, more reflective of my actual cash that I have is that I pay my credit cards off probably once a week. I don't wait for the end of the month. I do it really quickly. Sometimes I, early on, I did it every couple of days because I was so nervous that it would get out of control. And I really wanted to manage that. Um, and now I probably do it once a week or, or twice a month. But I, I mean, I cannot recall a time that I have paid a late fee. That's a great, great piece of advice, Katie. I probably do it every two to three days because we're managing multiple um, different credit cards. But yeah, I, the same thing. So I, I view it the same way that most people likely view their debit cards. Like you make a swipe on your debit card and it immediately is deducted. I make a swipe on my credit card and it's immediately deducted. It just takes another transaction or two to get there. But yeah, that's, I think that's really important, especially early on. And then something else I wanted to say is that there is so much so much information that Nancy could share today. And I know she's trying to hold back and stay really high level because it yeah. can get extremely complex. Like which card should you use if you're buying groceries? Which card should you use if you're buying gas? 
What if you're, what if you're spending money on travel? Um, there's, and, and different credit cards give you different benefits too. So, you know, she mentioned at the very beginning, some cards have no fees, some have fees. There are a few of the cards that have fees that are extremely worth it. Like the very high-end ones that maybe the, that have like the 450 or $500 annual fee, but they give you these amazing benefits. And if you can be sure to use them, if you have with a goal in mind, right. And then, and you can use those benefits from that card within the um, allotted time, like usually 12 months, then they could be worth it. One thing that I did very early on, I, I applied for several cards on the same day so that it would be, so that it would minimally impact my credit score because it would, it wasn't on separate days. There's like all these little kind of tips and tricks that you can use because if you, if you do have like an average spend in your household of $5,000 a month, well, then if you heard Nancy earlier, she said, usually kind of a typical um, minimum spend requirement for a card is like 3000 in three months. Well, you can get a few cards and make that happen and hit the mins, the minimum spend um, very quickly and with multiple credit cards. But Nancy, I'm getting, I'm getting way, way, way into the details and I know you try to stay high level, but is there anything else that you want to add today? Anything that you, anywhere you would send to listeners if they want to learn more about this stuff? Yeah. So there's probably two sites that I would recommend people starting with. They have excellent beginner guides that get into a lot of the details. You know, one of my favorites and only because she speaks to kind of what my lifestyle is now, her name is Mommy Points. Um, She is a Texas-based blogger um, based outside of Houston, actually. And she just makes, it's just very approachable. Um, As you can imagine with the level of detail that we have tried to stay away from, there are several bloggers that really get into the nitty gritty of it. Um, And that's not really where I would have people start, you know, so mommy points and it's, you know, linked through this group called the the points guy, which he's very, very popular and she's on that. Um, And then boarding area is another kind of a large aggregation of several different uh, travel and miles and points blogs and there's going to be one for probably likely anything you're looking for they have you know one that's really into budgeting travel one that's into extreme luxury travel so it's really just kind of poking around but I I would have people start with the the beginner guide on the points guide It's, it's really good it's very very easily digestible and then from that standpoint but remember you know the the major the major rules please don't listen or please don't start into this unless you are able to pay off your credit cards every few days or every month, um, whatever ends up working out for you. I would also suggest people start slow um, and then also have a, a trip in mind or something that they would like to try to do because um, it it's always kind of, um, it's, it's very addicting once you get your first trip on and you're like, oh, wow, I really, that really happened. It's not like somebody was like, no, 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 uh, you can't actually use points and miles for this or, or they don't allow you on the plane or they don't allow you in the hotel or anything like that. So, you know, just kind of start slow and dip your toes um, in the water and, and that, that's probably it. And I, I wish everybody a good journey into this, into this realm if, if they so choose to go down that path. And And uh, always remember your why and why you're doing this, because it's just an avenue in order to accomplish something. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Appreciate it.
Yeah, I loved it. I think that like from broadly from the personal finance space, it's kind of like you mentioned, it's one of the tools in your tool belt for whatever Mm -hmm. subject you're talking about. Like you have all of these avenues and different tools that can help you reach your goals. And I liked how you talked about reverse engineering, almost like reverse engineering your why or your goal. Like what's the ultimate endpoint? Then as I backtrack the steps, this is how I get there. So I think you explained that really well. So I just appreciate it. I I took notes because I'm going to start doing this. I'm a little nervous, but like Katie, and you said, I love the idea of paying it off in very short increments. And I think that's a good strategy to help manage it. Because I think what happens to people as they go down this road is they're like, oh, I'm just going to use my credit card. And then you just swipe it for all this stuff and you end up spending more than you normally would. And then you're like, how did I get here? So I love all of these controls that y'all talked about. So I just want to express my appreciation for this and for all the good details. Thanks again, Nancy, for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. Be sure to write a review and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at Fem Collective Podcast and continue the discussion by joining our Fem Collective Facebook group. Until next time, this is Fem Collective, where it's all about empowering connection through her perspective.